Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast, as we cover Kelowna, Iowa, and how great it is. Uh, with me is Mark Rowe, the mayor of Kelowna. He's been the mayor for a couple of years. Welcome to the program, Mark. Thank you. It's great to be here. Tell me what's great about Kelowna. You know, everything's great about Kelowna. Uh, the people here are fabulous. Everybody here is so friendly, and if you need something, you need a hand with something, somebody driving by will see you struggling, they will stop and help you. Uh, we have a great downtown with, with really nice businesses, uh, just super, super things to do here. We've got a fabulous new uh, YMCA rec center, just a, a ton of stuff to do here. You seem to have good roads. What's the secret to that? The secret to that is fixing them when they need to be fixed. <laughs> and, and we have a great city council that recognizes that. And uh, so when there's a street that needs to be fixed, we fix it, whether it be to patch it temporarily until we can get a company in here to do it or to we just recently tore up a road that uh, needed to be redone and it's needed to be redone for a while. And now it is absolutely wonderful. That is nice to have good roads work on. Tell me about the water in town. The water in town is great, and we're actually working on that right now to make it even better, uh, cleaning some things up, getting our wells in good shape, uh, doing new filters for our water. We want, we want to have good water in town, and we always have a good water uh, report every year when we get it. And uh, so, yeah, we're kind of proud of that, too, that we have good water here in town. So you have, seem to have a good school system in town. Can we, we talk about that? We have one of the best school systems in Iowa. People come to live in this area just to put their kids in the Mid-Prairie Community School District. It's, it's a fabulous school district. We have great teachers here. Our superintendent, probably one of the best guys you'll ever meet. I've never seen students crowd around the superintendent to say hi to him like you do with, with our superintendent. The kids love him. Uh, the schools here are great. Great, uh, great support from the from the communities. All the communities that uh, support Mid Prairie and uh, students are always right there for every sporting event. It's just a, a really great school system. So you've created somewhat of a tourism, uh, the Kelowna Village, I guess you would say, instead of a downtown district. How how does that bring people to town and and revenue? Well, the greatest thing about I think coming downtown to Kelowna is you don't need you can park your car and you don't need to see your car again until you're ready to leave because you can walk to just about every attraction there is. Uh, everything's close. You can go get a piece of chocolate. You can go to uh, down the street and have lunch somewhere. You can go a little further down the street and get a craft beer or a good meal at our brewery. Uh, the general store is right downtown. Everything is the ice cream store. Everything is is right within walking distance. So you can park your car and you don't need to drive around to different places. Well, you drove me around and showed me uh, the park that you have. Can you tell me about the parks and the new place that you're going to build a park? We are. Our current park is is awesome. It's it, we we try to make improvements to that every year. We're going to have an ADA compatible. Uh, park here real soon so anybody can come to our park and enjoy it. We have a campground right behind it. Our swimming pool is in our park. We're currently in the process of building a little pocket park uh, just a little west of town that'll have uh, probably at least one piece of uh, playground equipment on it and maybe a gazebo. Uh, just oh, That'd be nice. Yeah, so the folks that live a little further away from the park can, can have a place they can go enjoy and, and sit and take the kids to. Well, that's really nice. Uh, Tell me about the uh, housing situation. 
I'll tell you what, if you're coming here to look for a house, it's a great town to live in. Right now, there's not a whole lot of inventory, but we did just annex in 280 acres south of town that's going to have over 80 lots available. They're being sold and built on as we speak. Uh, this development, it's called the Southtown Development. Uh, dog, it's going to have a dog park, the Frisbee Golf Course. It's going to have a a park in it that is, it's all natural. You'll be playing on boulders and pipes and, and things like that. There won't be your typical swing sets and stuff in it. Uh, walking paths and trails, you can have a ton of trails out there. Yeah, I'd heard about the trails that, that you guys had planned. They've, uh, earlier this year, they started bulldozing the paths through there and, and grooming those, and there's gonna be a lot of walking trails. There's gonna be fish, a lake for fishing and swimming. Uh, just a lot of amenities out at Southtown, and you can, uh, I believe they have a website up, or you can probably get to it from the, our city's website. Uh, like I say, they're currently building, I think there's three houses being built right now. I know they've sold more lots than that. So uh, it's going to be a great addition to the town, and it's just a couple miles south of, of Kelowna. The uh, town is known for cheese and for uh, your sale barn. Can you talk about how the sale barn brings people in? The sale barn is probably one of our biggest assets. Uh, people come from all over the place to come to the sale barn. We have a horse sale every Monday. The two draft horse sales bring people from everywhere. I mean, all over the United States. Best food you can get is at the sale barn. The, the homemade pies and the homemade food there is People come down to the sale barn just to eat lunch when they, when they have sales, I'll tell you. The food is great there. Um, so yeah, our sale barn is huge. It's, it's, uh, they have hay, hay auctions down there. They sell everything down there. Uh, it, it brings a lot of people to town. It, it helps uh, our downtown, you know, the, the guys will come to the sale barn. The wives will head downtown and do some shopping and whatnot. And, uh, so we really do appreciate the sale barn being here. And you have some businesses that relate to that. You got a harness business. Well, we do. We have a harness blacksmith shop. shop. We have a blacksmith shop. I actually live across the street from one of our harness shops. It's right in town. Uh, you can always tell when it's a sale day because there'll be horse trailers lined up all the way down the street to get their harnesses either fixed or or buy new ones. Uh, so that's that's always fun to see too. Is is everybody coming to the harness shop? Uh, you mentioned the cheese. We've got a right outside of town is our uh, Kelowna Creamery. They make cheese, they make fudge, they make all sorts of things. And it's fun because you can sit and the, the kids can sit and watch through the glass windows and watch them make the cheese curds. Well, it was a uh, must stop for decades along the uh, along the highway there. And then uh, it closed for a little bit. And you close. were able to get it back open. Tell yeah. us about how that happened. Yeah, it closed for a little bit because it traded hands. And after it traded hands, uh, there was some... Things had to be brought back up to a code after it was grandfathered in, so they closed it down and got everything up and running again, and now it is uh, just as vital and as it's ever been and, and just as busy as it ever was. Well, we're talking with uh, Mark Rowe, who is the mayor of Kelowna. Oh, we really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else before we wrap this up you'd like to people to know about Kelowna? You know, just come spend the day down here. Come spend a, a Saturday afternoon down in Kelowna. Uh, wait till December, I believe it's December 4th, come down for our Christmas in Kelowna celebration. A lot of things to do there, a good chance to see the, the town. Uh, just come spend the day in Kelowna. I know you'll fall in love with it. 
Well, I, I can tell you, I just spent the day in Kelowna, and there was a lot more to it than I knew, and uh, it was a really great experience, and if you're out there listening to my voice, come to Kelowna and check it out, because it's just, it's amazing. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. We appreciate it. Welcome back from Round Guy the Podcast as we continue our coverage of Kelowna, Iowa. I'm with the city administrator, Ryan Slabaugh. Welcome to the program, Ryan. Thank you very much for having me uh, and uh, spending the day here in Kelowna and learning a little bit about our community. Okay. Uh, listen, uh, the one thing I did want to talk with you about was a place that you get, they took me to see which was the Shiloh community, and somehow you acquired some land or something from there that you're developing some housing and some trails. Could you kind of elaborate on that process? Yeah, Shiloh in itself was a, a, a church and for a 10,000 square foot building, it was kind of a living church as well. And it disbanded in 2020, and we had as a city an opportunity to work with a developer to uh, let them acquire the land and through our negotiations with the previous owner and the developer, we're gonna carve out uh, a roughly 90 acres of recreational opportunity out of a 280 acre parcel. Uh, all in all, we annexed in about 600 acres uh, through the voluntary annexation process that was owned by both Shiloh and a subsidiary of theirs, Maryland Farms. And so now, and uh, the mayor told me that the housing had been a little short in town if you listed your house, you might sell it in one day. Yeah, the housing market's been very, very strong here in our community for quite some time, and we've seen uh, good growth uh, year over year. Our, our census numbers had us at about 12, 13% growth from 2010 to 2020. Oh, that's amazing. It is. Uh, we also did a Washington County housing study that really outlined that we could do 15 to 20 new homes a year um, to be able to increase our new inventory as well as give people an opportunity to uh, find their new dream home within the community, maybe upgrade their home, if you will. From what I've seen, this, the community has tremendous uh, community spirit. It has tremendous schools. It has a unique business downtown district. It's, you're close to Iowa City. It, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people want to live here. Yeah, we are, uh, if, if you want to call it a bedroom community for Iowa City, uh, about 80% of our workforce uh, travels north, whether it be Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, to, to work. There's excellent job opportunities there, as well as in our local community. Uh, but a lot of our residents do travel to the University of Iowa, to Kirkwood, to Procter & Gamble, Oral-B, uh, some of the larger employers up there, and, uh, and they choose to live in Kelowna. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why people choose Kelowna. One of the big ones is our Mid Prairie Community School District. We have a very vibrant school district, and it's really kind of a focal point and, and something that we as our northern communities, Wellman, rural areas of Kelowna and Wellman and Kelowna take huge pride in. Yeah, education is a big priority for people, and uh, it's getting a good education isn't, isn't that easy. For parents and this is a community that provides that and uh, also all these uh, unique businesses that really bring a lot of people to town. Yeah we do have a nice group of, of businesses whether it be fine dining uh, through the Tuscan Moon which was established uh, quite some time ago and the brewery which is uh, for Kelowna maybe a little bit outside of the uh, what some would say our comfort level uh, but it's been a huge asset to our community. Um, we also have a lot of uh, home-based businesses that have expanded into uh, brick and mortar. Uh, Kelowna Chocolates, which I know you toured today, 
has done a wonderful job of going from home base to uh, full retail and distribution and, and really been a huge asset to the downtown. We have uh, Kelowna Cooperative Technology Company that does fiber to all of our businesses oh, and homes, thing, yeah. which really allows us to, uh, during that you know the 18 to two year COVID period, uh, allow people to work remotely from home and, and really not miss a beat technology wise. Yeah, that was something the mayor asked me to cover with you, the TV, the cable, the internet, and the company that provides that. Yeah, KCTC is uh, one of our uh, premier employers, one of our larger employers in the community in the sense that they, uh, they're they very community-based, uh, regional uh, as well, whether it be Washington uh, and the Kelowna area, as they kind of expand their, their uh, broadband footprint, and they are a huge benefit to our community. Well, it sounds like a, a community that moves forward all the time. The roads look great as we look through town. Uh, the housing looks good. Uh, the downtown district looks good. Uh, Tell me, tell me some reasons why people move to town. You know, a lot of reasons. We were uh, maybe a little bit more reasonably priced than, than some of the communities to the north of us, whether it be our tax base. Uh, we're proud of our water and sewer systems and as well as our rates. It's a reasonable community to live in price-wise. Uh, we have good housing. Uh, we have a community spirit, as you alluded to a little bit ago. Uh, our school district, uh, as I touched base on just uh, previous, is a huge draw. Uh, we see a lot of people that really want to get their kids into our school district and uh, for the reasons of good teachers, good education, good facilities. Um, and the school district really kind of aligns itself with both Kelowna and Wellman in that we want to be progressive and continue to improve, whether it be our facilities, our um, educational opportunities, uh, the same as a, as, a, as a city, whether we want to increase our road inventory, trails, sidewalks, improve those. It's uh, it's kind of nonstop. You, you always have to uh, keep moving forward. Well, I talked to the to the uh, schools, and I talked to the library, and I talked to the historical society, and they all said, if we need anything, the community will rally and bring it right to them. If kids need coats or hats, the community's right there to, to provide it. Yeah, we're a very generous community, and and I think. Uh, that goes back to the quality of people that we have in our community that, that really embrace those opportunities to uh, to help those that maybe are food insecure or uh, have a need within their household. Uh, this community a lot of times does it without any recognition. Uh, there are individuals that do wonderful work and really want zero recognition for it. And, and that's kind of a testament to our, our community base. Well, if you're looking for a town that cares about its kids, cares about its seniors and has things to do and is affordable and has a great community spirit, uh, I think Kelowna is a really great option for you. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about this before we wrap it up? No, I think you've done a great job. We had a, a great group here today to, to participate in this podcast and, and we look forward to seeing the finished product and thank you very much for showcasing our community well we really appreciate how organized it was and how much you showed me in a short amount of time and how many people of the community stepped forward to talk to me about it because it does seem like to grow 12 percent in 10 years you would have to have some kind of friendly uh face and, and, and arm reach out to, to to meet people so uh we've really enjoyed this look at Kelowna and uh thanks for your time and for everybody else's time. Thanks again.
Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast as we cover the city of Kelowna. With me is Nancy Roth, the director of the Kelowna Historical Village. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So tell us about the, this uh, museum that you got here or the, the historical village. So um, our uh, historical society was actually established in 1969. And the purpose of that was is the original train depot um, that was located in the downtown area was going to get torn down. So we had a large group of people in the community that didn't want to see that happen. Uh, so in 1970, um, the first building that was established here was our train depot. So over the years, um, we had numerous buildings coming in from different directions of the community, um, downtown and countryside. Um, we, so today we now have um, 12 historical buildings and four museums on our property. That sounds interesting. How many people uh, uh, tend to stop in here? I'd say um, we, we have probably about three to 4,000 people that come in from all over the United States and all over the world. And then we do host an annual fall festival every year. So in 2022, next year, we will be hosting our um, 50th anniversary um, fall festival alone. We generate about 6,000 people that come between those two days. So tell me about a tour group that surprised you. They were from out of the country or something. Um, when I first started here, I had a group of people from Iceland. I'd say to me that's probably the most unique area um, because I did need to do a little research before I got started since I was new here um, because everybody that wanted to book a tour wanted to um, be able, they just thought they'd be able to go on to an Amish farm. So with my research, I went out to one of the Amish bishops to get their opinion on what they felt uh, having bus groups of people come out to their farms and they just told me you know we work every day like everybody else does but as long as they're wanting to come to be educated and be learn and to learn um, we would be okay with that so one of my first groups that I took out to that particular gentleman um, was from Iceland so uh, that is I think kind of a unique destination to come from we've had a lot of groups from um, Europe that have come um, but a lot of our bigger bus groups uh, that come are from within the United States. Um, the Kelowna Historical Society, when we started um, moving buildings in in 1970, that is when they started doing group tours as a means to help earn money to keep the village going, to you know help help keep restoring buildings that were coming in. So it's been running for a long time, and these tours consist of historical aspects of the community, Amish, non-Amish, and then the highlight of the groups that come in is being able to go out to a Mennonite home for a family-style dinner. So uh, how's, how does this place fund it? We are a 501c3 nonprofit. We are ran by a board of directors. Um, so basically uh, donations, memberships, and then the people that come in and tour and pay an admission is what keeps our um, front doors open. So you took me on a little tour of town and you had a tour bus. How does that, uh, other people can come take tours, how do they work that out? So when they come through us, we do not offer transportation like we took today. Um, so 
if there is a smaller group of people that want to come and tour with us um, and then tour the countryside, they take their own transportation. So if you have a group of 20, you may have three vehicles. We have one guide that's assigned to that group and we just caravan. So just follow each other from stop to stop. Um, otherwise, a lot of groups bring in charter buses. Well, it sure has been a unique experience uh, coming to town. Tell me about this quilting. You have a lot of quilts here, and quilting has been important to this area for a long time. Um, yeah, Kelowna is known as the quilt capital of Iowa. Um, we um, actually got started with quilts here at the museum uh, back in 2000. Uh, we had a local gal that was actually a quilt um, enthusiast. She's kind of more of a historian than an actual quilt maker, but she owned a business downtown that she consigned quilts for people. And she was also a part of the historical um, village here. So we started out with 32 of her private collection quilts um, to uh, put up in a gallery. Um, we actually built a brand new visitor center around her uh, quilt collection coming up and that was in 2000. We put on an addition in 2007 so we could have a permanent Amish quilt gallery. And so today in 2021, we house over 800 quilts in our private collection. I also saw you had some uh, sewing cabinets or uh, ways to sell uh, sewing thread and things like that. Uh, it seemed we like do. pretty unique. We have a private collection that was donated by a local gentleman who collected and restored spool cabinets. And he started doing that over 25 years ago. Um, spool cabinets would have been in general stores. And if you purchased thread, the companies would give you one of these lovely cabinets for free to sell and display your threads out of. He kind of got started with that because he was an actual uh, general store owner here in the community. Um, so we, uh, we consider that we have the largest known spool cabinet collection in the United States uh, for people to come in and visit and see. Well, that's really something. He also showed me a book that he wrote. He did. He's been compiling uh, pictures and information for many years, and that was just one of his goals that he really wanted to do. So earlier this year, he finally got a book published with the assistant of a uh, a local gal and um, talks about the spool cabinets. He's also got a small collection of uh, little sewing boxes, needle packs, trading cards. He does also talk about the history of his own business and talks about the history of the historical village in that book. So uh, how many years has this been open? Uh, we uh, started in 1969 with the actual establishment first building came in in 1970. So just 51 years is a historical society has been here. Well, that is uh, amazing and it sure has done a world of good for the community. I it believe. has. Um, because truly our goal here is to tell the history of Kelowna and the surrounding areas through our different um, displays in our buildings. I know there's a lot of people that come in here and once we've convinced them to take a complete tour of our grounds, they come in and they're like, we had no idea you had what you have here. Um, we feel that we've got a very um, upscale establishment here, considering we're a very small community. We're constantly uh, adding uh, displays. We're working on a new museum um, with different displays that'll pertain to uh, local history in that building so that's an ongoing project uh, that we're looking for donations for 
but we have a wonderful group of volunteers that come in and help um, provide a lot of this historical information for the public. We've been talking with Nancy Ross of the Kelowna Historical Village. Uh, tell us about your social media or how they can get, you know, how they can contact you to set up a tour or if they're going to be in town to, to, to look into this. To me, the best place to go to is our website. It's www.kelownaiowa.org. This lists all the different types of programs and tour options that we have. Um, we do offer school tours. We started a summer camp this last year. Um, it'll have information on our fall festival. Um, we, we not only are history here, but we have a lot of different community-related events here, uh, free um, activities for families and kids to do. We actually started up mm, probably about five years ago doing an annual Easter egg hunt again, which was fun. Those are memories that I have as a kid, so kind of being the director here, um, I thought of things that I remember doing as a kid, and we're trying to bring in new programs like that all the time. So the website, and then we do um, also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Well, that's very good. Well, Nancy, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we wrap it up? Um, I'm just really proud of what we have here. I'm proud to be a part of this Kelowna community where I was born and raised. And I just feel here at the Historical Village, we have a lot of information that I think everybody would enjoy. So just come out and uh, visit us. We're open all through the winter and um, shorten our hours a little bit. But there's always something uh, new and exciting to see here. Well, Kelowna is a unique town and it has a unique history and you are the best spokesman we could get to, to talk to that. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast coverage of Kelowna, Iowa. With me now is Tanya Poole, Director of the Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the program, Tanya. Good to be here. So uh, you have some kind of a Christmas program you wanted to tell us about. I sure do. We have Christmas in Kelowna coming up December 4th. Um, nine to one, we have vendors set up at the rec center. We've got fire pits outside, live music. Um, if you joined us in the summer, we had a farmer's market. So we're kind of gleaning off of that a little bit. Um, so that's some of the fun things we have in the morning. Santa Claus is showing up at 10 o'clock for photos. We've got ornament making and cookie decorating, fun things for the kids that morning. And then if you stick around, do some shopping and come back in the evening at the historical village we're lighting up the village with christmas tree lighting carolers drinks all kinds of good things well that sounds pretty exciting you took me on a tour of the town a little earlier in a tour bus can you tell people about the tours they can take and the different things they can see i sure can so seasonally the chamber of commerce offers byways tours a lot of people come to Kelowna wanting to know about the amish and mennonite community so it's a very informative tour talking about the culture and the history and then how they're part of the community today so some of those places out in the countryside are um, creekside e-bikes it's an amish gentleman that works on and sells electric bikes uh, he also has a dairy goat farm there, which is a very big um, producer in the area. Um, Kelowna is well known for their dairy, dairy goat production, um, selling uh, them all the way up to Wisconsin. Um, other stops along the tour might be at the Amish uh, Golden Delight Bakery and JK Creative Woods. is a wood shop out there out of town. 
We have a Stringtown buggy shop. There are whole kinds of businesses out in the country um, that are Amish and Mennonite that you can stop at and visit and get information about those businesses and the countryside farms along the way. Well, it was an uh, a interesting tour. I sure did enjoy the bakery and the uh, electric bikes that I didn't even really know were a big thing until I went in there and the guys... The guy was, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was very entertaining that we talked to. Uh, we also went to a chocolate uh, store that was delicious and really enjoyed that. Uh, so tell me from the Chamber's perspective, you know, why uh, you guys are really tapping into the tourism and you have a lot of businesses that are kind of themed along that. Could you tell us about some of the businesses, if you were coming to Kelowna, you could stop and see and enjoy? Yes. So one of the things that draws people to Kelowna is not only do we have history, but a lot of that, the history with the Amish and the Mennonite, it's, it's live and active today. It's not just something from when the town got started, but currently that's still the culture, um, very much so in our area. But on top of that, craftsmanship, whether it's the Kelowna chocolates and making chocolate and things and candies right there in town or the creamery that makes cheese curds and fudge and ice cream, woodworking, quilt making. We have lots of businesses that have quality craftsmanship in our town. So if you want to come into town, check out custom made, you name it, and you'll find it here along including craft beers from the brewery. And some of our restaurants have farm to table food. So you can eat good, shop good, you get the whole thing when you come to Kelowna. You even have a blacksmith in town, don't you? We have a blacksmith, we have a harness shop. And uh, tell me about the stock horses and what a big deal that is in Kelowna. The sale barn has been um, a very active part of the community for decades. At the sale barn, the first Monday of the month, they have their horse sales. And twice a year, they have the, the draft horse sales. And people come from across the states, Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania. It draws people from all over. Even at the regular monthly horse sale, you'll have people come from Illinois and Missouri. They come from all around. So it's a big draw. Um, every week they've got the hay sale. They've got sheep and goat sale. So the sale barn is very active and brings people from all around. And while you're there, they've got a great lunchroom. So you want your old-fashioned biscuits and gravy or cob salad, that's the place to go. Yeah, I've heard it's tremendous food there. Uh, people were, I was asking about Kelowna, they were, that was one of the things they mentioned. They also mentioned that you have delicious coffee. Oh, man. If you, whether you like coffee or not, you're going to find something at the Kelowna Coffee House. They've got smoothies, they've got chais, um, a few pastries, and coffee, iced cold or iced or hot they've you name it they've got it now, a lot of towns they have a business district and a square but you have more like a village of uh, I don't know if that's the best word to describe it but your downtown district just has a lot of bakeries and craft beers and homemade chocolates and stitch and sew and all these other things uh, that kind of go together how did how did that all come about to kind of get the right kind of bit mix of businesses to create some tourism. Uh, I believe that's kind of how the, the town was just founded. It 
naturally you had your your hardware shop and your retail stores um, back in the day there were a lot more quilt shops than there are now but we still have three between fabric and quilt stores downtown so it was just the um the way the the community built from the beginning you have a Kelowna days and a bluegrass festival that i've heard about can you speak a little bit about that Sure can. So I believe it's the third Saturday in June is our annual Kelowna Days where we've got a fun run and a parade that we host um, and usually live music and vendors and activities for the kids for people to participate in. So that's a really fun day. Um, And then the Bluegrass Festival is held just south of town at a local campground and that's another big draw. Uh, It's a three-day event, I believe, for the Bluegrass Festival. We've been talking with Tanya Poole, director of the Chamber of Commerce. Tell me something about the Chamber of Commerce that I don't know or people don't know that you do. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, we Something that has surprised me greatly are the questions that come in through the Chamber office. I get asked where to go to get my cow butchered how do I get a chair caned? It is like the information hub. Um, nine out of ten times, I'll have an answer for you or point you in the right direction where you might get your answer, but it is quite interesting, the questions that we get asked. Well, thanks so much for speaking with us. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap it up? Well, I highly encourage you to visit Kelowna, whether it's for a day or a weekend, or if you want to come and settle some roots here, we've got a lot to offer. We sure appreciate talking to you, and you've been very helpful. Welcome back to our coverage of Kelowna, Iowa on Round Guy the Podcast. With me is is Olivia Kaler, the director of the library here in town. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you for having me. Tell me why uh, Kelowna's library is great and people could enjoy it. Kelowna's library is great because we are a... We are the last free hub in a community where no one expects anything of you when you walk through the door. Um, People come in all walks of life and just need somewhere to hang out. They might need information. They might want to play a game. They might have books or movies they want to check out to take home. We have all different kinds of people walking through our doors all day long. Um, We've got programming for kids. We've got programming for adults um, year round. We have events that people can come and take part in. So what are the hours that you're open? Monday through Thursday, we are open 9 to 8 p.m., 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Fridays, we are open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturdays, we're open from 9.30 to 3. That seems like a lot of hours. How big of a staff do you have? We have three full-time librarians. Uh, We have one 20-hour assistant librarian, um, four clerks, and a custodian. So do you partner with the school system at all to... uh, uh... We host um, classes. We do host classes uh, on field trips. So we have a private Christian school just outside of town. Um, they, they use us a lot for research projects. Their middle school and high school age kids come about twice a year for different research projects. Um, next week is actually Young Readers Week. So the second grade classes from East Elementary will be coming to visit. Uh, there are six classes, and they each come for half an hour to 45 minutes of a scavenger hunt of the library. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Uh. So, uh, like, you have computers for people to, to look on and find jobs or research stuff? We sure do. Uh, we have nine public patron computers, um, and we are in the process of getting 
laptops available for checkout as well as hotspots for people to take home. So, uh, like, uh, how many kids uh, use the facility during the week? So, I host a Wednesday story time of about 30 to 35 people per Wednesday. On Fridays, I host a toddler time in our large program room. Um, and toddler time usually brings 20 to 25 um, people. So, that's parents and kids together. I also do a lot of on-site programming. Uh, I go to a daycare just south of town every other week as well as the preschool system in the school district. So I go into six different classrooms during the week for story time as well. Do you have anything that seniors, uh, what's a big reason for seniors to come in? One of the things we're working on for this winter is a tech help. We're going to have some tech help classes for seniors uh, that are going to revolve around smartphones, using smartphones, uh, why they're necessary, why they're helpful, as well as tablets. A lot of our senior citizens have discovered Overdrive, which is an ebook company. Um, and that their tablets are really helpful for ebooks and e-readers. Well, that, that's really great because uh, I'm not very good with the technology myself, and I have no nowhere to get information about e-commerce or you know things that I could. Uh, every every young person I talk to just doesn't have time for me or patience to to work with me on it. So I think that would be tremendous. Uh, Tell me something about the library I don't know or something that's different about yours that's, uh, that we don't know. I was going to say, we offer tech help almost on a daily basis. We do have senior citizens and even people not even, not considered senior citizens that come in on a daily basis asking for help with an email, help with their cell phone, changing the desktop background on their laptop. They bring us their technology, their equipment, and we help them. I don't think a lot of people would typically expect a librarian to do that for them. No. And we do it on a daily basis. Well, that is, that, that kind of personal help is is great. Uh, well, thanks for, for visiting with us. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap One up? One more thing I would love to bring up is our summer reading programs. When school gets out in the summertime, we've got a lot of kids in the area that need some things to do or places to go. Um, and we are the spot. We do seven to eight programs in a five-day work week during the summer. Um, a lot of those include live animals. The Blank Park Zoo comes to visit. We had a llama uh, come inside the library last year and tour our stacks, a llama and an alpaca both. Um, that brought a crowd. That was our highest uh, attended program last summer. We're looking forward to this coming summer reading program already. Uh, the theme is about hiking in the outdoors. It is read off the beaten path. Uh, we can't wait to bring you programs this summer also. Well, it sounds like uh, the library is a big uh, part of what makes uh, Kelowna go, and it seems like a tremendous resource. We uh, enjoy talking to Olivia Kaler, director of the li one of the co-directors of the library. Uh, if you need any help, I think they'd be very helpful and uh, a really great part of time. Thanks for your time. You bet. Come see us. Welcome back to Round Eye the Podcast as we continue our coverage of the city of Kelowna, Iowa. With me today is YMC Director Amy Schulte. Welcome to the program, Amy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so you run the YMCA here in town. Yeah, I'm the CEO of the YMCA of Washington County, and one of our branches is located here in Kelowna. So tell me, uh, why is Kelowna a great community, and how does the YMCA make it even better? Well, I think the, the thing that I've been most impressed with in the years that we've been working with Kelowna is just the, um, the, the desire in the community for partnerships and collaborations. Um, everyone really seems to want to work together, make it a great place for people to live and work, um, to raise their families, and we've definitely seen that in the YMCA. 
when we started here, um, our membership has more than doubled since we've um, been doing programs here in the last six years. So that's been fantastic to see our reach in the community um, grow that much. Um, the, the city invested in the Y by building a new facility that opened three years ago. Um, our, you know, our membership went through the roof when we had a brand new facility. It provided a lot of amenities that um, wasn't available to the community before, like our indoor walking track, um, you know, a full gymnasium, just a, a variety of fitness classes for all ages and levels. Um, our most well-attended class is our senior strength that we have twice a week, um, really focuses on stretching and flexibility and just helping our seniors stay active. Um, and so that's a really great group. They stick around and have coffee afterwards. So it's really, you know, a whole, um, just a, a, an outing for them for the day. It's almost like a family atmosphere for people of similar ages. That just sounds good. So uh, you, you mentioned the, the, the investment. I saw the location of the building on the outside. It's right downtown. It's perfectly accessible to everyone in town. What kind of uh, new equipment do you have in there? Yeah, so all of the equipment is brand new. Um, three years ago when the facility was built, the um, community, the city purchased all of the cardio equipment, the strength equipment. Um, we have a, a room that's dedicated to our spin classes. So all of our spin bikes are brand new. Um, so we've got just a, and we've just recently added a new piece called a Jacob's Ladder, which is unique to, um, we don't have that many other, other three facilities. So we continually look for different um, pieces that um, are popular in the fitness world and are um, can, we can add to and have something unique in the in for the community. So what are the hours that you open? The facility is actually a 24-7 facility. So if you're 18 or older and you're a member, you have access 24-7. So that includes holidays, weekends. Um, uh, for our members who are under 18, we're open, um, generally we're open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. during the week. Um, weekends were also open Saturday and Sunday, so we try to make sure we have um, as many hours as possible so that our families can come and enjoy it. Um, we try to make sure that like on New Year's Day we've got some hours open for our families um, that can come out and you know, spend some time when um, they want to, before the kids are getting ready to go back to school after their Christmas break and stuff. So the, I imagine the indoor walking uh, picks up quite a bit on rainy days and cold winter days and I imagine the city utilizes that. Do you have any other, uh, besides the city, do you have any other donors or, or corporations that, that help send you some money? Yeah, so the, the support from the community has been amazing. Um, you know, a lot of the local businesses help support. It's one of the unique things about a YMCA as far as a fitness center is we offer scholarships for families who maybe can't afford their membership or for families who want their kids to be in programs but maybe can't afford the full cost of those programs. So we um, run an annual campaign each year that helps fund those scholarships. So we have several banners hanging in our gym for some of our local businesses that um, support that scholarship fund so that we can make sure that everyone has the opportunity to participate. Tell me something I don't know about the YMCA. Well, one of the things about the YMCA that is also unique is, is that we have a nationwide membership option. So not only um, can you access all three of the YMCAs that's in the YMCA Washington County branch, Association, but you could if you're traveling to Kansas City and you're going there for a long weekend or a vacation. If there's a YMCA there, you can use that YMCA. So it really makes your uh, really expands your opportunity for your um, access to your health and wellness. Well, that has been tremendous. We're talking with Amy Schulte of the YMCA of Kelowna, Iowa. Before we wrap this up, is there anything you'd like to let our listeners know? Um, I the thing about Kelowna that I hope everyone understands and 
can appreciate is it's just how welcoming it is. Um, really coming here as the, you know, like I said just a few years ago, it's been um, such a great support from the community, and so um, it's really been great to be here. Well, thank you, Amy. I'm sure I enjoyed listening, enjoyed listening to you. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast coverage of Kelowna, Iowa. I am with Grace Schumann of Stitch and Sew Cottage in Kelowna, uh, downtown here. So uh, tell us about your business and the tourism and uh, everything that goes along with uh, uh, the uniqueness of Kelowna. Well, quilt making is a large part of Kelowna, who we are, what we do, and goes back to our ancestors and our history here. Uh, we still, to this day, make homemade quilts. We take in orders for people. We make quilts, custom-made quilts for people. Lots of people bring their fabrics in that was left from grandma and they want something made in memory of her. Um, plus, there's a large following of quilt guilds that will stop for a quilt shop. They'll drive 50 miles out of their way to stop at a quilt shop. So it brings people to town to shop and then um, and to Kelowna has a lot of history with quilt making. So is it true that Kelowna is either one of the or the most uh, quilts in, in Kelowna anywhere in the country? Uh, in the state of Iowa, yes. In the state of Iowa. Anyway, so you put out a lot of quilts, and how uh, how far away do people come to get uh, quilts? We, during the summer, during vacation time, we'll, we'll have them from all over the United States. I mean, I have people send quilts from California to have us finish them for them, or they'll come here to do a shop offer. <laughs> so uh, how long has your store been open? Uh... My shop was built in 1985, and uh, so it's been so there. So it's quite a few years it's been, been going there. Have you always owned it? or? Uh, I bought it in 19, or 2004. So what, what made you uh, interested in owning a quilt um, business? Well, it's always been in my family. My mother made quilts and had a quilt shop at one time. But uh, my mother-in-law actually built this store, and then I took it over in 2004. So uh, how much has it expanded since you've... Uh, when I look back what it was when I first owned it, it has changed a lot because um, we didn't have so do social media before that. Um, I've added on. We have a classroom now where we can teach classes and uh, do a lot more productive work there at the shop. So uh, with the tourism and things in Kelowna, what, what makes Kelowna right, the right fit for your business? Again, um, Kelowna is historically, because of our ancestors and um, the community, it is very strong in quilt making. Uh, our history goes back a long way. So you have a lot of people with quilting experience and yes. sewing experience, yes, maybe still, more than in, in any other place. We still offer hand quilting, which you don't hardly find that in any other quilt shop. We hand quilt quilts or we do the more modern technique 
also the machine quilting, but they can order it however they would People like. who are quilting enthusiasts, can they come in and get lessons or get patterns or, yes. or what you need to do that? Yes, we have all the materials to make a quilt that they could want or need. Well, we've been talking with Grace Schumann of Stitch and Sew Cottage in Kelowna, Iowa. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we wrap it up? Well, yeah, Kelowna's a great place to come. Uh, very unique things to do while you're here, shopping and uh, visiting, and it's an enjoyable time. Well, thank you very much. Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast as we continue our coverage of Kelowna, Iowa. With me is the director of Pleasant View Nursing Home, Larry Swartzendruber. Is that correct? That is correct, although I'm the director of advancement. I'm not the executive director, but... Well, let's well, not split hairs here, Larry. That's right. <laughs> You're a big big man on campus over there. Anyway, uh, Larry, uh, what is it about Kelowna that you like? Well, I was born here. I was born and raised in Kelowna. I grew up down the street from where I work and uh, went away for college for four years back in the early 80s. Um, my wife said, she was from Iowa City, she said she'll live anywhere but Kelowna. And we've been living there for 35 years now. So she likes it too. We've raised our kids there, uh, right here in town, and it's just a, a nice little town that, uh, that we've never left. Well, tell, you, tell me about this Pleasant View and uh, how it serves the community. Okay, back in 1955, my grandfather was one of two local ministers that had a conversation uh, about the need for a home for the aged, they called it. And uh, long story short, 1956, we had a benefit sale to raise money for, for uh, the construction of the Pleasant View in 1958, the first resident moved in. So for 65 years, uh, we've been uh, serving the needs of the community. It is a long-term care facility in which we have 60-plus uh, independent living residences. Uh, we have full nursing care. Uh, we have some services for, for folks who have uh, dementia, and uh, Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia, but we need a memory care center. Um, so we are adding a 16-bed unit for memory care and uh, also renovating some existing space on campus to put assisted living. So those folks that, that need more care than what they can get in uh, independent living, the next step is assisted living, and we don't have that. So they often have to go to another facility and then come back for full nursing care if they, if they choose to do that. So how many current residents do you have now and how many will you when you expand? We are going to be licensed for 70. We have been licensed for 80, but we closed a, a couple of wings for uh, the renovation process. We had to emergency reopen those a year ago uh, because of COVID, and that was kind of an isolation unit. In answer to your question, right now we uh, we have a capacity for 57 residents, and we have 52 today. So we're, we're, we're back to pre-COVID numbers. That does not include the independent living, and uh, we have probably 70 to 80 residents and independent living in about 60 units. So how is the demand for what you do? I think it's pretty strong, isn't it? It is. And as a baby boomer's age, obviously they're going to need services. We are going to need services. I'm at the tail end of that. And uh, I'm looking down the road too. You know, where are we going to, where are we going to live? What, what kind of facilities are we going to have? Um, 
if you look around, uh, you'll notice that, that um, uh, senior living, 55 plus communities are very popular. People are staying in their homes longer too because one, the cost of, of, of uh, nursing home care is not inexpensive. And so um, we're trying to keep the cost down, but there comes a point where, where people may not be able to take care of their elderly parents, and so we're there when they need them. The other part of it is that, that we um, we service people who are there on rehabilitative assignment, assignments, but um, rehabilitative care. So they break a hip, they need some therapy, they'll be there for six weeks, four weeks, whatever. Uh, Medicare, um, I'll be there on Medicare, and our goal is to get them back to normal, and uh, they can go live in their home again. Well, that's outstanding. Uh, tell us uh, something else. Tell me something about your, your facility that I don't know. About the facility that you don't know? Um, I don't know what you know. Well, I just, I just you know, just think of the standard nursing home. What do you have that's a little extra? Well, we have good care. <laughs> One of the things that we, I, I was joking with the gentleman out, out front here, um, one of the things we joke about is that we don't stink. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not a joke. A lot of nursing homes do stink. Well, you know, know they do. Like, people don't, people don't want to wake up, they don't wake up on Saturday morning and say, oh, yeah, let's go look for a nursing home. And nobody's looking for, hey, Grandma, let's stick you in a nursing home that smells bad, you know? Right. I mean, and we owe that to, we, we, we owe gratitude to our house cleaning, housekeeping personnel, our infection control, uh, our laundry person. I mean, all across, all up and down the, the spectrum of workers. I mean, uh, across the spectrum. But we, we care about our residents. Uh, I've got close relatives who have been there on uh, short-term stays. Absolutely did not want to be there. They fought coming there. But once they got the care they got, they said, you know, if we need to, this is the place to be. You know, I talked to a lot of businesses in town today, and one of the reasons they tell me that, that they like running a business in Kelowna is because the workforce here is so good and the people are such good, high-quality workers. Right. Did you find that in your business? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I worked for 30 years in a high school setting, uh, doing similar work as I do now, which is, in effect, fundraising. So the major building project that we're doing is, is something that, um, that I'm very invested in. I worked with, with high school students for 30 years, and now I'm working with elderly. I'm, I'm more the age of, of the people I work with now than I was for 30 years. So, But in answer to your question about the workforce, um, we are the second largest employer in the Kelowna area, second to the school system. Um, so Pleasantview is very important to Kelowna, but just as important as the community to Pleasantview. We are the only nursing facility in town. Um, we are the only five-star facility, which is the highest rating a, a, an institution can get. We're the only five-star facility in Washington County. Um, so we've got a lot going for us, and we've got dedicated workers. My parents have lived at Pleasant View until they passed. Uh, one, two years ago, my father five years ago, and there were times I'd walk up and down the hall, and the nurses didn't know I was even in the vicinity, and they would, uh, I could hear them talking in very endearing terms to the residents, not just my parents, but my parents certainly. Um, so they, you know, very kind to We're talking with Larry Swartz and Druber, uh, Pleasantville, or Pleasant View uh, Nursing Facilities. 
uh, we appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Well, we just this week on Tuesday we broke ground for some components of our building project and in the process of raising funds here. We'll continue to do that, um, but the landscape, as they say, the landscape is changing. So uh, we're on our way to providing even better services for our community, and we appreciate the opportunity to, to uh, uh, talk here today and be on the, on this, uh, on the show, and you know, we're grateful for the support of the community. Well, thanks for your time, Larry. It's been very interesting.